Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes, completely eradicating, not just reducing, completely eradicating. I believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for Mondays, not Fridays and get to do their most meaningful work. The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. This podcast is titled Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. In each episode, I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices, which are not always easy and comfortable, but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves, and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action, as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started. Manoj is the founder and CEO of AI Trillion, which is a SaaS e-commerce sales and marketing automation platform. He is a first-generation entrepreneur turned investor and in 2022, the recipient of the Times Achiever Award. In the conversation, Manoj shares how growing up in a small town and then living in the United States shaped him as a person. He shares that his next level of success is not going to be about him, but something much larger than himself. We spoke about how he runs away from negativity and only chooses to focus on opportunities and growth. He shares that his confidence comes from the fact that he started from nothing and he has nothing to lose. Hi, Maroj. Welcome to the Choosing Leadership Podcast. Hi, Sumit. Thanks for having me in here. It's wonderful to have you here with us. To begin with, can you share a little bit about who you are and what do you do? Okay, all right. So, Sumit, uh, myself, Manoj Zanotia, and I'm a founder EA Trillium. It's a SaaS e-commerce marketing automation platform and uh, been into industry for 13 years. Uh, graduated from University of Cincinnati, Ohio, and came back to India in 2009, started a web design firm like every other first-generation entrepreneur. From there, we have you know, grown out to be a one of the fastest growing e-commerce SaaS AI automation platform. And we have a beautiful setup here in central India, and we serve clients across the world, helping them grow their e-commerce business uh, with AI automation tools. Thank you. Thank you, Manoj, for sharing that. Can you share a little bit of your backstory, right? How did you get into entrepreneurship? What was there in the early stages of your life that pulled you towards that? Okay, so see, I come from a small uh, town named Matsur, it's in MP, India. And basically, it's less like anybody else in first generation entrepreneur, no clue. You do your business and I did got a chance to go to US. Uh, that was also by fluke. I was first person in India, probably put it by my pastors in geography. 
nobody goes from India to US to go for geography. But uh, I got fully funded and uh, it was a great chance to move to a country where you know people dream to go. And uh, luckily, that was the time when all this Microsoft Virtual Earth, Google Earth was coming in. And being from computer science background, so I didn't did my engineering. I did my bachelor's in computer science three-year degree. There was nobody in University of Cincinnati from engineering background who was willing to work in geography uh, with little bit of computer science background. So the professors pulled me into two years. I did my master's at the same time with the Cincinnati KG's department. So if there was a planning department. They gave me an opportunity to work full time, which probably nobody gets in US when you're a student. So it is not allowed. But uh, I was the only one who had geography background and also computer science background. So started with that. Completed my first master's, worked with the government department. Then I started my second master's in computer science because the 3D warfare and everything was coming in. And then the computer science department wanted somebody from geography. But I only did it for one quarter and then, you know, dropped it, came back to India. It was 2009, full recession. And I had this in mind that I had to do my own business. I Because I was already very active in U.S. outsourcing things from U.S. to India. I had a lot of contacts working in the department with the university. So somehow I didn't feel like studying anymore. So I took my sabbatical, dropped out. And then, you know, that's how my entrepreneurship journey started. Nothing fancy luck or my circumstances. Yeah. So we started as entrepreneur. And then it was a story for a long time. Yeah. And can you share a little bit more, right? Coming from a small town, then moving to US and that like uh, shaped your story of being an entrepreneur. But how else that shaped you as a person, as a leader and so on? Right. So US obviously gave me a whole new perspective. You know, India, when we usually in India, when we are doing engineering, basically you want to work with Tata's or Infosys. That's what your dream is. Or, you know, get a job. Especially for somebody like me who is a first generation. And no business background, uh, nobody to mentor you. But US, what happened is I got in touch with a lot of business people, you know, and they all were working with new technologies. US was very different. I mean, people do their music degrees, nobody does it in India. And so that changed me as a person that uh, we can do anything. And when I was in US, it felt like you have a control over the whole world. You can go anywhere, talk to any, you know, so many nationalities are around you. So many people are around you, you hear a lot of stories. So that motivated to do something more than just a job. Otherwise, it was always an option for me to continue my full-time US job. Um, so I came back to India. Leadership, traits, all these things that came over the period of time. I will not say that I became a leader on day one when I left US and I came here. So it, if I look back and I somebody asked me, will you do it again? I will say no. I will not leave that kind of chance and take that risk again. Um, so when we started a web design company in 2009 with one people, again, no capital, because I abruptly left from US camp back to India. My father is a government teacher, so he couldn't support the whole business. But we started with two people. It grew on and now it's 13 years. Back the trick, the leadership traits comes with the experience. The more you discuss with the industry, the more you go and talk with people. So I joined NASCOM, I joined CI, I joined US Chamber of Coppers. Um, I, with NASCOM, with Gartner, I took like, almost more than 30 plus trip across the world in various conferences, sessions. So you see around people around you, learn from that. Uh, never had a mentor, that's something I lack. But books were one of my best friends to understand how to become a good leader, how to manage your teams. And the basics of leadership is like, how do you 
talk to people how do you know evolve over the period of time so those things we kept learning with time with businesses and all the kind of things you do with the business and entrepreneurship yeah yeah and in that 13 years of journey right can you share maybe one or two choices tough choices which you had to make uh, and then which shaped your companies or which shaped your journey a lot See, I'm telling you again, for a first generation entrepreneur, there are no choices. There are no choices. You are molded by the direction you are in. It is always just the direction. Do you want to grow? Are you content with what you are? So you will see in India, there are tons of small businesses. And a lot of people are happy that we earn profit, that's it. Uh, it is only after, so we are a service company for almost 9, 10 years. Only in past years, we moved to product. And that probably changed a lot of things. So it was not by choice, but uh, we kind of knew that service will not grow to a level we want to grow. And I was not content with just being a profitable business or you know, I always wanted to do something big. So we moved to product because we had we have been hearing stories that product can grow 10x to 30x. Service industry doesn't grow 10x to 30x. So we moved to product. And when we moved to all this funding scenario, talking to VCs, those circumstances got into me thinking that how do you actually grow company to 10x? You know, how do you make build team? And those kind of things changed the direction of our thought process, direction of where I am right now. So what I probably did not achieve in first nine years, I achieved in last three years. So it's always the direction, right path, uh, not the choice. Yes. And many times, right, we don't realize that uh, even in those nine years, you were like laying down the seeds of what you actually achieved in the next three years. Yes, absolutely. So all that experience came handy. It's not like we had some loss or it's not useful. It's just like, I give this example all the time. When we're kids or we're in college or when we are doing job in the first year, we always think, you will hear from a lot of students, that why are we taught physics, chemistry, all this in class? It's not useful in future. And only in uh, when you are entrepreneurship running business, I kind of tell people that because you had this high pressure studies in your classrooms and all these very subjects that helped curate your mind, that helped you mm -hmm. tackle pressure in life. You probably might be thinking why I was studying chemistry all this time when I never wanted to become a chemistry engineer. All these various things help train your mind to cope up now. So same way those nine years of references, my client communication, and now if I can, if I want, if I have to write a story, I can write a very good story that I am a first generation entrepreneur. My father was a teacher, went to US, dropped out, you know, I can build those stories, but those are not dots. All this yeah. connecting dot is something I can tell it now. But at that point, also, somebody asked me that you had to make, you have to make this choice again of leaving US, coming to India, shifting from service industry to product industry. A lot of people want to do that. It is not always, you will read like tons of failure studies just on this subject. People trying to shift from service to product, they are never successful. So, you know, so those connecting dots happened over the period of time and that helped. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And now if I take it to the future, right? Now having tasted this success, having made this shift, what is it that you want to create or what is it that you want to see for yourself and your organization for the next three to five years? So now it's not about me. When you attain certain level of maturity, uh, it's not like, we are like very successful, but our minds have changed. Now we are content in terms of what we are doing, not in terms of what we are, but content what we're doing. And we, like we serve all this e-commerce business around the world. And, you know, with all this new generation, Shopify, Wix, WordPress, it's very easy for everybody to start a business. So we are helping all the sellers and while working with the sellers, 
we feel like we are actually helping growing the economy, not just in one country, but all these countries. All these businesses depend on us. So it's not like social work, but it feels like that we should do this. We are in a position where we are actually helping all these people to run their families, people working with them. So we want to grow in that sense. We want to be much bigger in terms of trying to help people by professionally. So that automatically add on to uh, the community service or you know, things which you want to do, which gives you kind of a recognition, not just in terms of money power, that people know you that, yes, you're doing this, you've done something intellectually, which which is my probably the quest now that what better I can do intellectually, how we grow more intellectually, how we can get in connect with people around the world and do more with them. Yeah. Yeah. And where is that uh, coming from, right? You said that it's not about me anymore and it's more about making a contribution, helping people lead better lives or do better in their business. Where is that desire for contribution coming off rather than just going for more money, more business, more margins and so on? See, now, one thing is very clear, money comes automatically with that. So I will not deny that I am not working for money. Yes, we are. So money is just a part of it. The more known you are, the more your product is doing better, automatically that comes in. Again, like what it is coming from, probably my uh, interest in traveling around the world brought me to U.S., earlier and uh, when you talk to so many people across the world you will see various levels of intellectual people which you probably cannot find it in one place and uh, the perspective hearing their perspective what they are doing how they are doing it and then sitting as a power sector so we at AIT kind of are a power sector in terms of we know globally what is selling so there are 18 billion dollar of transition which is passed through AIT there are 400 billion consumers we track currently so that is a position which gives us a power and that gives me the next direction that we should contribute because probably I am one of the very few people who have that power to see into the e-commerce world from behind the scenes that what is happening. We have given like 1 trillion loyalty points. We know how actually online people buy things, you know. Yeah. So that, that that power, that insights gives you this direction that you know you should be helping more, you should be doing more because others do not know that. Money is a byproduct topic. Yeah, I love that. I think I often say that leadership is also a privilege. And I can see that in, in your voice, right? So you want to help because now you have that uh, power or responsibility. But it's not just that you want to just take everything, but you want to contribute. And then you know that money is a, is an outcome which will happen. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'll tell you, I had this thought probably a couple of years back that we have done enough. Let's retire. And you hear all those stories, retire at 40. I'm 38 right now. You will retire, so we go to Bali. I had this mind, but then, you know, I was hearing some leader and he was saying that if you are in a position where you actually can generate jobs, you are actually very privileged. You know, so you should do that duty and generate more jobs and that helps you. Otherwise, you will get bored. I mean, it sounds good to retire at 40, but the thing is, what would you do after that? Yeah. <laughs> Still have to do something. So why not do something? Where you are the power center, you have things to deliver things. So they're mm -hmm. trying to okay, you do something new and that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And uh, like for the next vision that you have, what is it that you find most challenging for yourself? Right? What is standing in the way? See, challenge is always from day one till today is always building good thing. That is always a new challenge. When you grow more, challenge become much better. One thing I realized over this period of time, you cannot do everything alone. Mm -hmm. You need to have team. And finding the best person across the world, challenge is global then, is something you have to figure it out. If you can build a great team, basically then you are doing nothing. The execution mm -hmm. gets easier because ideas come from all this side, everybody can think about it. It is the execution, everybody will agree. 
and how to execute it with the team. So that always has been a challenge, and uh, that's the joy of trying to get I, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love how you call it a challenge as well as a joy. Can you share what have you learned or how have you changed when it comes to building teams around you? And uh, what is still to learn? What is still presenting itself as a challenge right now? See, what we have learned is very simple. Um, you have to make it easy for others to work with you. You know, that is my learning. Otherwise, we used, especially in India, when I came back here, use a different culture. And here, the bonds, attrition, everybody has this challenge, high rising salaries, people want to grow. All those are challenges. You know, so that is something my learning is if you make it easier for people to work with you and if you create opportunities to grow, that is the only way you can avoid attrition. It is the only way you can avoid bonds and people will work with you. If you're not growing, you're not creating a structure or a team or a product which is growing, nobody will stick it. It is that simple. So you as a founder, as a entrepreneur to do that. What I have to learn, I don't know. I'm exploring because what I had to learn, time will tell that what I really do not know. So, yeah. 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 Thank you. Can you share something about yourself, uh, which most people do not know? I'm open book. I mean, if you search about me, you'll find positive, negative, everything. But in general, uh, not many people know that I come from a first generation because the kind of overhead is created all like probably thing is from second generation. So I'm still a first generation at the minute. Uh, I'm a small family. If you look at my online profile, a lot of people say that you're so many people following and probably you have a very big network, which is true sense, but... Uh, I'm a simple person. It's not like you become a very big. You can approach me. Um, you can call me. I still am probably only few people on LinkedIn who have put my mobile number on LinkedIn. So you just copy and call me. Yeah, yeah. I can see that humility. I can see that groundedness in you. But I'm also curious, how does that show up when you are talking to like big people, right? People who are very successful or people who tell you what you want what like what really you want to hear or try to please you or try to like be nice to you but not really authentic with you what challenges does that present or does that success present um and how does that how do you bring in that humility and not call get caught up in in a, like a, in a superficial like boosting of your ego or something like that so probably there are two kinds of people you're asking one are like leaders who are very big you know so when i talk to them thing is simple i don't need from I don't need anything from them. I mean, if you don't have a need, basically, if you are going selflessly to talk and understand how they are doing. So I have, I mean, I know both Infosys founder from Antonahambad, John Chambers uh, from Cisco, he's chairman emeritus. I mean, a lot of big people. It's, and it's very simple. You go and talk to them, they are also people. So there is no issue. I mean, if you just simply go and talk, that's it. And in terms of negative people, so I, I believe in this theory of positivity. I simply run away from negativity. Anybody who's saying negative or it is saying this cannot happen. So like nowadays, people are talking about recession. And two days back, I actually posted a LinkedIn post when I'm saying, let's take like the 40% growth. Is this or is it? Why not? I mean, how does it matter? A lot of people, you know, mentioned Nastar Demas that he has said in this year, world building. I was like, if we're trying to decide, how does it matter? But what if it doesn't? Is this a do one? So yeah. Keep, keeping it simple, uh, positive is something I truly believe. Positive people, I truly believe it. So it's simple. If somebody is not positive, he may have his own reasons. I am always positive, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. And I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and CEO, and I can tell you, right, very few can actually say that I do not need something 
right? You need to have a level of confidence, uh, a very balanced grounding. Can you share where that is coming from? Were there some early early influences that is shaping that uh, simplicity, but also very confident in your own skin? So it's very simple. We had nothing. When I started, I had nothing. I did my graduation from Volker Science College in Indore, a BSc, and usually people don't get any job from there. So I had nothing to lose. And I, mm. whatever I have is enough. So, and one of my doctor friends, he gave, told me that, Malo, whatever you want, AC to eki lagaogi room mein. That was his word. I mean, there's only one AC to install your room. You'll not install two AC. So it doesn't matter. In the kind of city I live, luckily, let's say I live in Indore, central India, and it's not costly. It's one of the fast growing city. What else do you want? You know, and then we have a business which is growing, thriving. People should be happy. And if it grows to a, Unicorn level, good. If it doesn't go, it doesn't matter. I have nothing to lose. Thank we you. had something yeah. to lose when I left US. That was the time I should be afraid. I love that. And at the same time, right? How do you manage pressure? How do you manage unexpected dealing with the changes? Because that is also a part of every entrepreneur's life. See, change is not a pressure. Change is okay. Change will happen. Change has to happen. Pressure is simple. If you create hurdles which are unachievable, basically mm-hmm. then you have pressure. You know, if you know your limits and you try to build it around it, I don't think there is any pressure. So mm-hmm. for me, building business, like I said, is a teamwork. If I can build a good team, it will grow. If I cannot build a good team and I keep putting up goals which are unachievable, it will create pressure for me, it will create pressure for my tech people, my sales people. So it doesn't matter. So you have to be very realistic. What you can do is what you can do. And uh, when the opportunities come, you can you know, hop onto it and grow it. If it fails, you come back. So again, I mean, you you have to figure out what you can do, what you cannot do. And then, like in a storm market, you know, you have a loss and profit and you create that at this time, the loss, it should trigger it. You should sell it. <laughs> it triggers has to be there. Yeah. If you're trying to spirit something, it fails. It should not be like you have 100 rupees and you have 100 rupees mm-hmm. spent and then you have nothing. But then, like I said, if you have skills, you have people you yeah. know, to figure it out. So, you have to just manage your expectations mm-hmm. where you only have eight hours of working. So you have to figure out what you can do daily. And I really do not set like goals of one, two, five, six, ten years. That never worked for me. I have always been successful when I was working on a small scale that for one month, quarter, maybe a year, what we'll do. I really do not know what's going to happen after one year. Yes, we do a vision that five years we should be this. But when it comes to execution, managing yeah. expectation has to be my quarter. That's it. And tactically, can you share how does that work? When you set a goal, how do you say that? Uh, is it realistic or is it too ambitious or too conservative? And then how do you change based on feedback from the market? So see, if you, let's make it like factually. If somebody asks me, Manoj, how much sales you can do? If somebody asks me, Manoj, how many patients you can treat? I am not a doctor, so I cannot treat, I can treat none. When it comes to my expertise, it how many Sellers, you can sell how much revenue we generate. So as a CEO, based on my like last 13 years, I can tell that I can sell, for example, $2 million or $5 million. So my highest is $5 million I can sell in a year alone. Lowest, somehow I've sell $2 million because I've been doing consistently. So this expectations come from your experience. So if you're hiring somebody or if you're working with another team, you have to look at their experience, past achievements. If you're working with a fresher, start with zero. You don't know. It's an experiment which can fail. But if you're talking about sales, setting expectation, goals, how much company will grow, we know from 10 years in service industry, we are growing 
in mm-hmm. SaaS last three years we have been growing 200% but that was because of COVID you know the e-commerce grew so we knew but we had very clear expectation that after COVID it will not go to it so you will see Shopify right how their shares moved from $300 to $1,600 1700 $2,100 we knew it will go then we also knew it will come down not a lot people were like no it will go like anything we're like why will it go we know it is going to 300% because of COVID, it will come down. So it came down drastically. Same way company, same way goes. So if there is an extra, you know, extra digital impact or, you know, you get a funding or something, obviously, otherwise, you know what you're doing every year. You build, you keep building on it. Your targets cannot be more than your capacity. Again, like I said, you only have eight hours. So either hire 100 people, you know the cost, you know what loss it could be. If they don't know, and then what they experience, how much they've done in the past, you have to know those. That is all the entrepreneurship and calculation. It may be part of it is science. You need to have a very strong CA for front of the sales, you know, who else should do this numbers thing, then mm-hmm. how it can grow. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for adding that detail. Right. And if you were to write a book, what would that be about? So I'll write about health. That's one lesson I've learned. And it's not like I'm going to write something new. Have you just written it down? Always take your health first. I had uh, this incident last year when I lost my voice. Basically, I had uh, vocal notes. And uh, so I was going for funding. I took like four hours, five hours, 13 straight. Um, and then I had this small vocal audience and doctor said, your voice is gone. Basically, your voice is changing and it is gone. So you have to take uh, 10 days rest, complete voice rest. Nobody does 10 days complete void. So I didn't do it. And that this you to do my surgery. I said, no, I'm not going to do this. Instead, then go for 20 days voice. It actually took 20 days complete voices. Just like you, know, you simply cannot speak one single word. And then I realized, you know, it's not something I knew. Everybody was telling all the time that you have to take your health first. We did it. So, you know, you had to write a wellness rights about health. That professional health, you have to take care of. If you're not healthy, you in one day, everything can be zero. Yeah. All these years of hard work, everything, it's like zero. So always take your health first. And that has to maybe a component of how it has to be done in a professional environment. So I cannot say like a Baba that just do exercise. But in a professional world, there has to be a balance. There's a way to say about it. That's something probably I write, like to write about. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that uh, so openly. Yeah it's, yeah, it's something we went through. And often it is not easy to share. Well, I appreciate that you, you shared that. And then you also... And that it matters to you so much that you would write about it, right? You want to like not just do it for yourself, but also give it back. Yeah, I can. I'm sure every professional, you know, Steve Jobs, you no, know, he will done everything. He went because of the cancer. Nobody knows what exactly happened, how it got. So nobody knows how you get a cancer, but must be there must be habits or something he knew. So if you talk to any professional on this topic, I'm sure they will tell you something which nobody knows that you know this is happening with their health or you know, stress. Everybody nowadays. In IT companies or they'll say we are stressed. Even kids are saying we are in stress. And I'm like, yeah. how is that happening? You know, what is the stress? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's yeah. something somebody should talk about. And to wrap this up, right, what advice would you give to somebody for an entrepreneur who is uh, unable to deal with the stress, with the pressure, with all the expectations or changes, uh, and they're totally occupied, overwhelmed, busy? What advice would you give somebody like that? See, prioritize. So in entrepreneurship, you will always be busy. Because nobody can say that I work only 8 hours and I am healthy. Everybody works 16 hours, 21 But that is out of passion. And But you have to prioritize. What I believe a lot of people do not know and we have also learned over the period of time. It's not like I knew this. You have to have priority. 
what is first, what is second, what is third, and you have to just cross those things. So you will automatically not feel stress. What happens is we get busy with so many other tasks, and then the major task remains pending, and then you are feeling pressure. That is the stress I believe. Hmm. Yeah. And other than that, it's very simple. It's business. Everything is business. It doesn't matter. So I tell a lot of people, if you lose a job, then it's stress. Uh-huh. And like, your skills will get hired. So as long, and we know there's a lot of attrition, but we also know talented people are required all the time. Companies are spending tons of money to hire people also. So if you don't have a skill set, you will always be stressed about your job. Or if you're an entrepreneur who is not prioritizing, you'll always be stressed with because of the time thing. So you just have to take care of things. You have to upskill yourself professionally. Keep yourself healthy and automatically. After that incident, I have been very regular with my training and sessions and fitness. And then you feel it. You feel it. And it's again, nothing new. It just, you have to keep reiterating so that at least people around you, I'm not a big influencer or a big person, but people around me, my brother, my employees see that there's a change and then they you start adopting it. So in a small way, it's, it's nice to the leadership to it at least. Thank you. Thank you, Manoj. And I love that you said that, yeah, you can feel it, right? I think when you shift uh, your health or when you shift your internal mental well-being it's something which you can feel right it's not just knowledge it's something which is very real for you yeah. right? and uh, and to wrap this up for anybody who is listening and who wants to reach out or find out more about you what is the best way for them to do so so like i said best time anytime so except i'm sleeping but i'm very rough sleeper but you can reach me on linkedin i'm very active there or you know my number is there it just whatsapp me Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Manoj, for everything that you share and for who you are and what you're doing for your organization. Uh, and I want to wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead for you. And I think everything which you will create, not just for yourself, for your employees, but also for the wider ecosystem with this like sense of simplicity, confidence and grounding and all of that experience from the past 13 years. Thank you, Samit. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Uh, I, I really want to compliment that you are doing this and talking to entrepreneurs and in a small way, we can impact anybody. You are creating and you are also promoting the economy. Thank Absolutely. You. Absolutely. Right. We are in the same journey. Thank you, Manoj. Thank you, Samit. Good. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast. And I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction. Not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come, and have big dreams for the future. Please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and I want to thank you for listening. 
always remember that you are enough you are loved and you matter this is sumit until next time keep choosing leadership